Welcome. Welcome back to the dungeon on this most special of days. Yes, this is All Hallows Eve. This is the biggest holiday in the Scream Squad uh, sort of pantheon. And uh, we're very excited that you've, you've joined us. Um, All Hallows Eve, Halloween. Um, and we are actually, so we... Um, We'll be honoring a very, very special uh, contributor to the horror movie world. We'll be talking about George A. Romero, who we lost this year. Uh, he died on July 16th of this year at the age of 77. And he, uh, you know, as you know, I mean, definitely is one of the most sort of fiercely independent filmmakers. Um, he is, uh, you know... Um, also is Latinx, I believe he's Cuban, of Cuban descent, and um, he is the father of the zombie film. I mean, there is, um, you know, Walking Dead is still, for some reason, the number one basic cable show on TV, and not only does The Walking Dead have uh, one of George Romero's uh, lieutenants uh, working on it, show running it, it actually, I mean, the whole, there would be no Walking Dead without the original Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead trilogy. But we're here to actually talk about maybe some of his other movies that are lesser known. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I'm sorry, I should have, uh, I, I just sort of jumped right in. I'm Chico Leo. Oh, I'm, I, thought, I thought you I thought you were monologuing. I, am yes, I on the yeah, show? Sorry am I on the show today? I don't, I don't know, yeah. I'm, I'm Chico Leo, and as always, I am I am joined in the dungeon by... Uh, Leo Leo Scarecrow. That's, that's who I am. Hello. That's right. Happy Halloween, everybody. By the way, um, there was a, so there was a note I discovered because I always also attributed George Romero um, as Latinx. Um, it sounds like... And this is this is a, a hair that can be split on 900 other podcasts rather than ours. But from what I understand, his father is Spanish. Oh, from, from really? Spain. But he was okay. born. But he was born in Cuba. Right. Oh, OK. So. So, I mean, like he is he is of he is of, of, of Hispanic descent. He is he I, I'm sure many would call him Latinx. It's interesting. This also came up when I was doing some research for uh, for Blade Runner 2049, which you recently saw um, the the actress in it, the in, incomprehensibly gorgeous actress in it. Yes, she's she's born in Cuba. She's also she's born in Cuba. But from what I understand, she, her parents are European. I right, think okay. it's hard to it's hard. It's hard to determine these things sometimes. Yeah. She is a self-identifying Cuban. And yes. I mean, I do, I do, uh, you know, she lives some in truck Havana. With that. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually, after, after Blade Runner 2049, pretty much read every interview and every, every scrap of anything I could find <laughs> about her because I, I was shocked. She, she was shocked magnificent. Her, yes, magnificent. Her beauty. Yeah. And, and she was quite good. Too. I, I, I thought she, I thought she was great. Yeah. She's, she is again, absolutely gorgeous. And her, I thought her performance was, uh, head and neck above, like, you know, it was, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was excellent. I don't. That's another podcast. Blade Runner is yes. another podcast, but without a doubt, yes, uh, Leo over there has actually been talking about starting his own Blade Runner twenty forty nine podcast. Uh, you could actually do that, where you actually spend each episode <laughs> one, one minute of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I dude, I know uh, with different guests. I think that might be the move. I I I'm, I might do that because I I have an unhealthy appreciation for that movie, and obviously the. 
the first one too. And yeah, yes. there's, there's too much to say. But as you uh, so formally introduced, this is the George Romero episode or the George A. Romero episode. Right. Middle name Andrew. I never looked that up before. I swear to God. And I'm like, that's probably why he didn't go by it. He's like, Andrew kind of weakens the whole <laughs> the whole flow well, it's also interesting that he doesn't spell his name George J O R G E the way. Oh, like Jorge. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if that's a modern thing, but I know many Latinx people of like our generation and younger who actually will pronounce it George, but still spell it J O R G E. Right, right, right. On the other hand, I have actually seen him interviewed, and he does speak Spanish fluently, and he definitely does when he's saying like Spanish words in or places uh, in, in, in English, you know, in the context of an English conversation, he definitely speaks with, uh, you know, the accent of someone who was raised speaking Spanish. Right. And, and, um, and also, and like the, the George, the thing I first thought about with George thing, I don't know if you remember, but there was a rapper named curious and he, his name was Jorge, but like, he was curious, George, like that's where he got right. his name. Uh, exactly. So yeah, like that is, that is the standard. I've known that right. standard as well. Um, and actually, as it turns out, I mean, we both on the show with me and Jamie and on the show with you have actually visited um, uh, lots of Romero stuff. He really is a, a touchstone for this um, for this podcast uh, yes. in particular. And uh, I know Jamie and I talked about Martin on the Are They or Aren't They episode. And you and I actually talked about Land of the Dead in my opinion, the the most underrated of the dead movies, which is sort of the first in his second trilogy or the fourth. I agree. How you look at it. I, I totally agree. And you also, and we also talked a little bit about Martin when we did uh, Transfiguration. That's right. Yeah, because there's right. very obvious connections between those. That's films. right. Yeah. So yeah, um, the other thing is uh, just as a quick uh, piece of housekeeping, uh, shout out uh, Liel uh, Lucero uh, or Lucero. Um, who actually suggested, and we think we're going to take take him up on this, that we announce the movies in advance so that people have a chance to watch them. Um, before we had thought, oh, it'll be cool, it'll be a surprise, but especially since sometimes we're doing obscure things, and it might not be helpful because sometimes the movies aren't uh, on Netflix or Amazon, but we... Um, I'll get a heads up. You, Yes, exactly. We're going to give you a heads up. So if you're not following us on Twitter, um, follow us at, is it, what is it? Is it The Scream, the Scream Squad? Squad? The Scream yeah, Squad. Yeah, The Scream Squad uh, at Twitter. And um, you should follow me and Leo, the, the Chico Leo. And uh, and the Leo? <laughs> you're just the Leo? Uh, no. <laughs> I am I am Leonardo EFF. Right, exactly. Yep. So you know, but uh, we'll be we'll be putting it up, you know, a week, a few days in advance. So if you were following uh, us on Twitter, I think this did get announced yesterday or the day before, and um, we can say we're actually going to do a special uh, next week. Normally, this podcast comes out every other week, but we are going to actually do our review of the um, second season of Stranger Things. The That's right. Jamie and I actually talked about the first one, the sort of two Stevens because of the obvious influence of, you know, Stephen right. King and Steven Spielberg. And so this will be, you know, the two Stevens part two, the Dos Leos version. Oh, my God. Is, is, is Stevens going to become its own genre? <laughs> the Stevens uh, yeah. genre? <laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, but 
one guy who definitely has literally fathered his own genre is George A. Romero. So we're not going to get into, I mean, as everyone knows, I mean, Night of the Living Dead is the progenitor of the modern zombie, you know, movie. I mean, it is literally everything comes from there. Um, the rules are established, and um, it, it's, you know, it, it is the one. Um, there's only, in, in, in my opinion, there's only one trope that Night of the Living Dead does not include, and it's the trope that was created with Return of the Living Dead, unrelated to is, Romero, which is eating brains. That's like the no, only... No, they, they, they don't eat brains in... Uh... No, they eat flesh. Okay, you're right. So the brains thing, you could say, though, that... Um, so that that's... The Return of the Living Dead is is an Italian zombie movie. Is it? No, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. It had a different name, and they just called it Return of the Living Dead to here. And so I'm pretty sure. And he is, you would also say, the the progenitor of the Italian zombie, you know, with Lucio Fulci and... Uh, Yo, Return of the like Living that. Dead is totally not Italian. It's American. It's not? Who no, directed it? No, Dan O'Bannon. No, it had like Ooh. punk rockers in it and stuff. That was like Dan O'Bannon actually wrote Alien. That's uh, that's pretty cool. That's I, I think that's like his most famous directed film. Okay, all right, and well, it's I'll take and, that back then. and we should and we should actually I I think that movie's pretty good. I mean, it's super funny. Like it's a, I've actually never seen it, so that that would be worth. Oh man, that would be yeah. That would that would all right. Well, let's, oh my let's god, get Tina, to, Tina, yeah. I want to eat your brain. You never seen it? I actually haven't. No. Oh my god, I'm making so many noises right now. Okay, all right, fine, fine. Table that. Table that for now. All right. Well, we're going to uh, to back back to George Romero. I mean, he's most dead, most known for the Dead series, but he did do a bunch of other stuff. Um, he made at least a half dozen other movies. He was the um, executive producer and creator of Tales from the Dark Side, which yep. was the. Did you used to watch that? Um, a little bit. Yeah, like a I, little bit. I was, I was quite young when it was on, but I yeah. like, I was. That was a show that I would watch on TV with like the cover over my face, yeah, like peeking at it. You know, it was like I can't remember a whole lot of it, but I remember it like just spooking me out like crazy. And and actually, speaking of Stephen King, uh, Creepshow Romero was one. Of, yeah, Creepshow was and, uh, one of the. And he did, and he did a movie which I haven't. I actually meant to ask you if you've seen this. I've ne- it, I've never seen this movie because it's my favorite Stephen King book, and I've never returned to it because I'm afraid that I'll hate it. And for the same reason, I've never seen the movie, and that's the Dark Half. I have not seen the Dark Half. No, so I haven't seen actually much of his later work. Okay. Um, I haven't seen anything between Creepshow, which came out in 82, and Land of the Dead. Um, so he did The Dark Half. Um, he also did something called Bruiser, which I wasn't even aware of. Um, and Monkey Shines, most importantly. I actually didn't see Monkey Shines. So, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, did you see Monkey Shines, 1988? Like if I did, I don't remember it. Like right. I, I had, I went through a horror period when I was like, you know, a young preteen, and I feel but like he, I did, but I don't remember it. So he tried to actually get away from the horror genre, and the first movie he made after Night of the Living Dead, which was a huge sensation, like a huge hit. Um, and I, I would also venture one thing about Night of the Living Dead for it, it's possible that there are listeners right now who have not seen it. I always run into people who've actually never seen the the original Night of the Living Dead. It, I would say that. It holds up better than most movies that came out in 1968. 
Oh, absolutely. It is It is a weirdly kind of like, it has a permanence to it where like just the quality of the performances and the, and the, like the, the political overtures and the creativity. I mean, everything about Night of the Living Dead is like, it's like a, it's like just a classic. It's not like I hear so, you know, some people like bitch, but like they'll watch Casablanca and they're like, this isn't so great, whatever. And I'm like, I've rarely ever met somebody who finally sat down and watched Night of the Living Dead and was disappointed. Yeah, and 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 another. I mean, just from the the political point of view, it also is the first genre movie and one of the first movies. I mean, it wasn't the first, but to actually have a black leading man. Yep. Um, who also, sadly, uh, Dwayne. I can't remember his last name, but he also starred in Ganja and Hess, which yep. is unbelievably fantastic. Um, and I want to say, not and, much else. No, that's the thing. I yeah. know much else. I was yeah. going to say that. Oh, the, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So he, um, uh, his first movie after Night of the Living Dead is actually his least favorite movie. Okay. And that was There's Always Vanilla uh, from 1971, which actually started out as a short that he made uh, with a friend who was an actor who put up the money to. Um, uh, he basically, the guy wanted to make like a reel, you know, to show casting directors. And then they ended up getting some more money and terms and, and turned it into um, a feature. And it's a little bit of a mess. And it's just, it's basically like an early 70s sort of romance. No element of horror. Um, and then in the next year, in 1972, he made, uh, a, well, it was originally the t working title was Jack's Wife. And then it was actually released as um, Hungry Wives and then is known today as Season of the Witch. And that's, I think, um, you know, uh, that's that's the first one that we're really going to talk about. I feel it. I feel it. Somebody is voodooing me. Oh, where does it hurt? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Tell us where it hurts. <laughs> well, it hurts. It hurts in your gut, right? See, I told you, your guts were going to rot out. I have to find your powder, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to get rid of this voodoo. Oh, I've got to find your powder so I can get rid of this terrible card. <laughs> She's really gone. Well, we really should be going. I should be getting her home. She's incredible. I think the name Season of the Witch is more badass than this movie is. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's and it's taken from the Donovan song, although I really like the scene in which Season of the Witch... All right, so Season of the Witch is essentially his take on... This is 1972. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the year that Ms. Magazine premiered. Mm. Um you know, this is like early second wave uh, feminism, a lot of which sort of, um, at least what we know about it, is sort of like 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 white upper middle class women. And this, the star of this is a 39-year-old woman who lives in the suburbs, like the nice suburbs outside of Pittsburgh. And she's pretty, um, she's pretty dissatisfied with her life. And, I mean, uh, and let's and let's like, I mean, actually, if I was to say maybe my favorite part of this whole movie is the, the entire opening. opening. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the opening is this very avant-garde sort of dream sequence. It could be Buñuel. Like, it's yes. really out there. It's really out there. She's well. Do you want to do? You could just 
Yeah, uh, so like, so like, I mean, the camera does things like part of it is you experiencing this walk she's being taken on, and you realize that there's a man who who's holding her by a leash and leading her through a forest, and in the forest, she's like branches are like cutting up her face and she sees right, all like this he bizarre pushes the imagery. branches aside for himself and then lets them right her in the face yeah and, her face he, and then he puts her in like a cage yeah yeah and like she a and, cage, a and, and, and as she walks like in and out of like a wooded area she also like sees like very bizarre just moments and images of like people around and like almost like dioramas of a weird presence and the whole thing like has these dreamy blends back and forth and it's just so weird that the movie does nothing else but introduce you to the scene like it's right. no other preparation you know it's like once the scene has, has completed once the credits are completed it's like a woman and his a woman and her and her husband in bed and right. you're like what the fuck was that <laughs> yeah. but it's a great intro i mean yeah. it sort of establishes you know and so basically what happens is um she gets involved with a coven of witches in the neighborhood um you know there are other you know sort of seemingly suburban moms and it's really a um I mean, I've read um, sort of comparisons a little bit to um, Stepford Wives and even a little bit to um, what's the repulsion, just in the sense it's really about this woman and finding herself. And it's it's mostly like an interesting sort of slice of life um, that not slice of life, but, you know, sort of character thing that while it is not a horror movie definitely has occult elements um and and i think that it's actually a really good sort of period piece i mean it's really very clearly straight out of you know 1972 just in terms of the costumes and the set design um and the music and i think you know politically what was going on i think that uh it sort of is almost a coda to Mad Men, you know, um, some of the stories that the women had in Mad Men, which ended in like 1970. So, um, and I, I actually thought it had some good performances. There is ultimately, um, the director's cut has been lost and they cut the, they tried to basically market it as a soft core movie. I mean, there's a couple of sections. Yeah, how, how, how thing, long was your copy? um because mine was, was mine was exactly 89 minutes yeah mine was i have the the 89 minutes although okay, okay. um there is a version so i watched the 89 minutes there is a version that's 104 minutes right that actually uh contains um standard definition stuff um that's from the original director's cut and that actually exists um my question is does that make it a, actually a good movie I, I have not seen the 104-minute <laughs> version. So I know that... So they changed the name to Hungry Wives from Jack's Wife, um, yeah. which I think is an interesting title. And yeah. then again, after that, he changed it to Season of the Witch. Um, and, um, you know, they were marketing as a softcore porn movie, which it's not. It's very much like a character, you know, woman finding herself sort of proto second wave feminist. If you, know. if, you, if you walked in on someone watching it, you would maybe think for a second that it's a Cassavetes movie, yeah. depending on some certain scenes. Like it has that sort of like conversational, uh, you know, yeah, like like the people kind of probing each other with discourse and 
uh, characters kind of evolving, like a kept woman evolving into something else. But like then there's a, then you turn back and it's like someone's getting shot or there's like a weird occult scene or something like that. Right. So it 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 seems a little like a mishmash of stuff. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, there are, there are scenes and there are lines that are like, that are quite good. I, if I, if I could recite a line from the film that I found especially engaging, um, <clears throat> I'm here, lady, you're getting bald. That's all this is. Ballin', lady, ballin'. Side, woman. You got that? I mean, it's something you wanted, something you always wanted, something you finally got, but you can't buy that, can you? Well, I say bullshit. I mean, first it's your daughter that screwed up and then it's me, right? Ah, uh, lady, it was you. It was you who did it. It was you who wanted it. You! And now you run around saying, the damn man to do it. Oh. Stop it. Stop. Now you just hold it. I'm here, lady. Flesh and blood, okay? I mean, all it is is balling, lady. I mean, you're getting bald. That's all it is is balling. And then he fucks balling. her on the floor. Right, so she ends up having an affair with, like, the guy that she doesn't like that her daughter is sleeping with. Yeah, she kind and, of puts a puts a hex on, puts a puts some kind of mustard on him. Yes. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. I I actually liked the scenes related to the witchcraft and um, you know, compare and and the idea that you know it was sort of capturing um, you know the that sort of the the milieu of the ice storm, the Ang Lee movie. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I sort of thought it was sort of like you know a more. You're right with the Cassavetes thing. It was sort of a more sort of cinema verite version of the ice storm with witchcraft. So, yeah, I, I, of, 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 and so, um, there was a box set that's about to come out from Arrow and it's called, uh, Between Night and Dawn. And it basically contains the three movies that, um, he made between Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. None of which did very well, which is one of the reasons why he did do Dawn of the Dead, because Night of the Living Dead had been such a major, major success. And they are, um, you know, there's always Vanilla, Season of the Witch, and The Crazies, which, um, and he made them all back to back. I mean, there's always Vanilla was 71, Season of the Witch was 72, Crazies was 73. Um, and um, he also, uh, I think he did Martin after uh, Dawn of the Dead. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but that's 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 one that we we've talked about here. But um, I think it was like around the same time. It was yeah, like kind of concurrent. So, and you know, we talked about him being this very sort of fiercely independent. I mean, all he's like someone who like all of his movies are shot in and around Pittsburgh, which is where he's from, um, or just generally Western Pennsylvania, and it's there's no other director that you can really associate with a place. You know, I think about like these superhero movie, uh, TV shows where the city is so such an important, you know, like Gotham um, is such an important character in Gotham. And even like in Arrow, he constantly talks about my city, this city, my city, I failed my city. And, and, and Romero's, you know, like him and like John Waters with Baltimore. Right. And David Simon. People. Yeah. Yeah. And David yeah. Simon with Baltimore. Yeah. You know, I mean, or you know, I think maybe early on you would have associated Spike Lee with Brooklyn. Kevin Sm uh, Kevin Smith with New Jersey. Yeah, say, you know, yeah. but yeah, but Kevin Smith sucks. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> these guys are all everyone else you mentioned is you know, is, you know, a master. Fair enough. I mean, Spike hasn't done that great lately, but I feel like he still has he still got a masterpiece or two in his. Uh, you know, in his quiver that he's yet yet to release. I fully, um, I fully agree with that estimate. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
yeah i don't know uh, uh it, it, you know it's uh it's it's i i would say that you know, it's a little bit of a footnote. If you are a Romero fan, it's definitely worth checking out Season of the Witch. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know that it's something that I would see again. Um, but I also, like I said, I think it sort of captures a place and time and vibe, um, you know, well. You know, and it's and this is now at a point where a lot of this period is being revisited. Um, you know, Season of the Witch in some ways is an interesting companion to that um, HBO show that won all those awards last year with, like, Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon about, like, sort of suburban women. I never are, saw that. Big know. Big Little Liars. Big Liars. Yeah, Big Little Liars. Big yeah. Little Liars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah know no, Big about. Little Lies, I think. Oh, Big Little Lies. Yeah, I'm conflating yeah. that with that other yeah, show. Pretty yeah. Little Liars, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Do you have anything else to uh, to, to to offer? I would. The witch? I would honestly almost say it's not worth watching. I thought the movie. Wow. I thought the movie was like, like it was the kind of movie that like my phone almost never left my hand because I was so distracted with it, with it on. That being said, there were moments that were good. The intro is definitely worth watching. Um, because it's so it's so out there, um, and the uh, and there are because I thought there were moments throughout the movie that might not have been as jarring and stunning as that, but that were interesting. Yeah, I mean, like it's uh, this is this is if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, he also did the cinematography for it. Like he did fucking everything. No, no, he for didn't. It. Oh, did he? Yeah, for I know this, he didn't for the crazies. I mean, he, he didn't for the crazies, edits. right? No, he right. didn't for the crazies, but for this, he edited, directed, and did the cinematography. If I'm right. um, unless I'm mistaken. And like, and that, and because of that, there are some great shots, like where she's undressing with the with the two mirrors, like bent in different yeah. directions. You know, like so. There's there's those artistic moments. So I mean, okay, I'm being unkind to it. I do think that there's value in the movie. I do think like uh, some of the discussions are actually pretty compelling and interesting and weird. And those discussions do what you're talking about about give it a sense of place. But to be right. honest, I don't think the movie has a sense of place. Like it's almost like isolated within like a few living rooms. And I, that's almost like what bothers me about it. Like it, it doesn't really take advantage of the environment or of a backdrop. It takes advantage of a, of a type of culture that I don't think is duly explored in this way. And that's, that is interesting. And that uh, contributes to its own idea of a sense of place. I think, I think that's true. It does not, it could be anywhere in like suburban America yeah. or middle-class suburban America in 1972, 71, whatever. Um, but uh yeah i mean i um you know it is interesting because there are elements of the occult it's not a horror movie yeah um on the other hand the next year the movie that he made is certainly a horror movie the crazies which i i think is great i loved it <laughs> loved yes. it what the hell he just went crazy he set that fire himself his wife's dead he killed her. Mac and I first came here, he was laughing like a hyena. And all of a sudden, like as if he had realized what he had done, he started to cry like a baby. the car in there. It's going to blow up. Come on, man. Oh, boy, let's go through that window. Come on, through the window. Oh my now they remade it in 2010. Have you seen the remake? I, I I have not, and I don't need to because I thought this was like minute to minute, super compelling and creative and brilliant. Yeah, it's just so. Great. 
Yeah. Well, why don't you do you want to? I'd, uh, no, I'd, yeah. I'd love to talk about. So the crazies is a is a is a kind of outbreak horror story, and also kind of an action film. Interestingly, like there are yeah. like some like drawn out, pretty well done. Understand that it's 1973. And this is like super low budget. Yeah, I mean he's like a really, really, really low budget no, filmmaker. I mean, it, it, and this reads this like made that. for like you know two hundred thousand dollars. No, and it, and it and it reads low budget, and there's a lot of red paint blood, but like the cinematography in it is wonderful. The editing in it is master is like masterful. Like there are so many cuts and brilliant like shifts and 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 a creative use of. And not just the cinematography, but the way cuts are done, the way that cuts communicate special effects. There's an early scene where, like, someone dies in a doorway, which lets them use a dummy to let the body slam on the floor viciously. There's, like, a scene where people are, like, being, uh, you know, uh, 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 exterminated. And it's just, like, the camera's in just the right spot that you could they get away with a dummy. Where, like, if it was, like, a little to, like, two inches to the left, it wouldn't work. There's a, there's a lot of that stuff. Like, this is... I see like uh, an auteur at work in this film for certain. Yeah, and he, is, I mean, he he direct he wrote it, he directed it, and he edited it. And by the way, I said it was it's a two hundred seventy five thousand dollar budget. Two seventy five thousand, um, and it's an and it's a lengthy movie. It's almost two hours. It's got yeah. it's got I mean, lots of squibs, lots of action, lots of uh, set, lots of sets. Like it's a it's it's a it's a it's a mighty achievement. But yeah, so there's this like small town, which apparently is a real town. Right. Um, what is uh, Evan, Evan, Evan City, Evanville, Evan City, Pennsylvania, Evan City, Pennsylvania, which is a legitimate town that a court apparently like the people in the town were like part of the movie. And they were like happy with somebody making an outbreak movie in their town. Right. No, that's great. The thing. He, he really he I mean, all of his actors are like local people from Pittsburgh. The crew people are local people from Pittsburgh. And he, um, you know, he enlists, you know, the people in the. um People there people from the town. I mean, all those zombies in Night of the Living Dead were unpaid, and apparently a lot of them got sick because when they're eating the guts, it's all raw chicken. And oh uh, wow! And they did, you know, they were all like unpaid locals, and there's there's unpaid locals in this, uh, and it's uh, it's great. Um, yeah. So I, so I'm sorry. So to 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 finish the intro, there's this town called Evan City, and some and something has been released in the town now, similar to Season of the Witch. There is an extremely interesting intro to this film as well, though very different. Right. Um, and I mean, like, it's so weird because it does the it does the horror movie ramp up. It does that. It does the cold open and then develops slowly into like the truth of what's happening. But that that cold open is is I mean, it's 2017. It's what forty some some odd years, fifty years since this movie came out. And like, I was like unsettled and disturbed by the violence in that scene by the presence of children in that scene. Like, oh, yeah. I, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is like an even intense kind of for now. And it's mostly these kids like observing their father in this like, you know, rural farmhouse, just like going ape shit and just smashing the shit out of everything and 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 kind of like having an episode. And, and then like, they discover uh-huh. that he's killed. He's, he's kill- already killed he's, their mother. He's killed their mother and they find the mother in them. It is a dour, vicious, unsettling introduction to a film. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, I think this movie is all about, you know, the sort of distrust of the government yep. and ineptitude of the government that we definitely are feeling today. I mean, I think the movie is extru- more relevant today than ever. Um, you know, that it, it's, um, 
it takes place in 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 uh you know in this small town of 73 the two two main characters are both returning uh vets from vietnam who just returned from vietnam and the uh the outbreak is actually from like an army plane uh had crash landed with a with some kind of bio weapon and near this town and it's infected the water supply right um bio weapon so, named trixie right exactly <laughs> um and it's called it's called the code the code name is trixie which is kind of awesome but um so people pe- basically people either die or become homicidal and it's very contagious um and so the army you know comes in to basically contain the virus and it's a real example of where you know what's good for the you know for the masses is not very good for the individual because what ends up happening is they end up sort of hurting everyone into a school so the whole town basically gets sick and um we follow a group of like five people who are like on the run and um you know they they don't want to get rounded up and uh you know the sort of government troops who are dressed in the sort of white hazmat outfits so you can't see them sort of almost like these proto stormtroopers um yeah they're like they're like purely dehumanized visually yes absolutely um you know are sort of you know trying to contain the area shooting people on site and um you know the government doesn't really know what it's doing and it's it's really they they even actually reference um Kent State yes. where the government actually shot you know where where national guards killed four uh you know students who were protesting and wounded a, a ton of others and um I mean the scary thing is that at the time and I just just noticed from watching uh Ken Burns Vietnam recently 56% of the country at the time thought that the national guard did the right thing I mean you know when you see these statistics of something, you know, when they, you know, it's, it's, it's really scary. But, I mean, uh, it's scary that 39% think Trump is doing the right thing. Right. I think it's down to 38, but yes, you are, you are a hundred percent right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, the government, you know, you don't want to get, you know, rounded up and, um, you know, yet from a larger point of view to prevent the spread of this thing, it is in the interest of the country for the government to do this. And so it's like the the good of the the many is is often not good for the individual or good for the few. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of sort of Vietnam and, you know, anti, you know, sort of government distrust type stuff going on. Uh, and, and this is a horror movie. You know, again, a lot of his movies you know, are, are, you know, more social commentary than most horror movies. And um, I think that's, you know, this is like his version of like, you know, sort of all the president's men or parallax view or, you know, any number of these sort of, sort of, you know, paranoid seventies movies, you know, there's an element of um, invasion of the body snatchers. Interestingly enough, Guillermo del Toro actually says that uh, the crazies was very influential on the strain. I mean, it's. I think like the the thesis that you're getting to about the government and about the individual is kind of uh, profoundly explored in the movie in the way that it has a very effective balance of the government bureaucratic intrigue and the like, you know, escape and adventure of this like of this group of people that are attempting to evade them. Like it splits back and forth and gives like due attention to both uh, paths of the story, which is pretty cool. Um, and like there, there's, there is like, there's like moments of gallows humor 
and there's a, and there's like a thing that develops. There's two really big things in the movie that developed in a way that was really poignant to me. One is that the not only are the soldiers like dehumanized visually, but the longer that they are there rounding up the population, the more they start to act unlike humans. The right. worse they are to the people, the more ignorant and the more cruel they are to the to the population. And the other side of it is that you get to see quite a bit of like, you know, good old boys who live out in the sticks and you ain't taking my guns. Right. <laughs> they, and they come out and they, they don't they don't want to be rounded up and they have the hardware to defend themselves against that or, or to at least try. Uh, this this is quite a there's a richness of that content in this movie that's like unusually high. It's I, I I had seen this movie once a very very long time ago, and I just like watching it. I'm like I am totally in love with this. It is it, it it's it's I think like one. It, it's got to be one of the crown jewels of his of his ovier, even in spite of the fact that it did not do well. Yeah, I I I completely agree with that. Um, I think that this one is absolutely. Uh, worth uh, you know finding checking out um, very very much so uh, whether you're a fan of Romero or just a horror fan um, and again it is ex- pretty absurd how timely it is right yeah it's it's no yeah and it's and it has a has a heartbreaking finale it has yes. it, I mean like it's it, it and even like there was a thing I noticed watching it which like I don't, it's funny because this is not the type of thing I expect from a 1973 film, but did you notice that in, there's a scene where he dons, uh, you know, the outfit of one of the, of one of, one of the of militiamen and he's got, there's blood on the outfit from the stab wound. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Nine out of 10 1973 movies would not have blood on that outfit. They would have missed that. They would, he would have just put it on and it would have just kept going. But like there is a, I think like there's an attention to to detail and to, I mean, quite moving images. There are like at least a half dozen, uh, like important cinematic images in this movie, like stills on their own. Um, and it's just this is, I really hope people people watch it that are listening. Yeah, and and in many ways you could actually argue that this is like the second of the you know it, mm. it could fit in with the dead movies it's just they're not zombies they kind of go crazy yeah um, it's maybe crazies. maybe it's like connective tissue between night of the living dead and 28 days later right you know or night of the living dead and dawn of the dead sure um it it, it re- anyway and so yeah i mean um i think it's arrow uh has put out yeah our arrow video has a box set that's uh coming out uh sometime in in November and it features uh all of these movies that we both the movies we've talked about and there's always vanilla but a ton of extra bonus footage you know more, more you know multiple versions of the movies um you know each of them has commentary and um so yeah that 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 is coming out and um other than that, um, you know, some of these are harder to find than the others, but um, it, the crazies especially is worth looking looking for. And um, it was remade in 2010. A lot of Romero stuff has been remade. And yep. there's even talk about remaking Martin, but Night of the Living Dead has been remade. Dawn of the Dead has been remade. Um, uh, the crazies has been remade. Um, I'm not sure if that's it, but... Uh, there's something you else. Know, yeah, so... Yeah, um, I mean, again, it's Halloween, and, you know, uh, 
I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an appropriate time to honor, you know, a great, um, you know, a, a great, a great contributor to horror films. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's, his mark is indelible, uh, and his name will forever be synonymous with the genre, not just zombies with the genre right. itself. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the one things about there's always vanilla and, uh, season of the witch are that those were sort of his attempts early in his career to sort of veer away from the horror genre. And then from then on, he just made horror films. Yeah. I mean, I feel like those are the movies that like you want to say you've seen so you can be a real Romero nerd. Right. You know, you're like, yeah, I saw that. It was I. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I it's it's really remarkable that the crazies uh could fit right in with the dead series. Yeah. No, I, I, I it's a it's a treasure. It's 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 honestly a, a a treasure and like, you know, it's a must. Actually, I don't know that um Night Riders is a uh is 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 a horror movie, but I, I that's one I haven't seen uh, about like uh like motorcycle jousters and uh i think it's ed harris's first or second appearance on film oh no shit but that yeah that's one that i definitely want to see um and he made that between dawn of the dead and day of the dead but um yeah um you know rest in power rest in peace uh george romero and uh you know happy halloween everyone happy halloween scream squad crew next week stranger things we're gonna chop it up that's right Keep screaming. Keep screaming, y'all.